0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Today I will talk to you about stress. That's what you are feeling right now as you recollect that I spoke to you for 30 minutes last week about pain. And you begin to suspect that the general subject interests me, for stress and pain are related. First, I promise no going off the book. This is exactly 1,300 words, more or less, and we shall have moved on from this within 13 minutes, more or less. Second, having started well, I am next going to the dictionary, which dashes your hopes and suggests a degree of thoroughness which should be incompatible with the brevity I have just promised you. (laughs) Bear with me. Stress can be a verb or a noun. As a noun, it comes from the Middle English, denoting hardship or force exerted on a person for the purpose of compulsion, a shortening of distress partly from the old French, estresse, narrowness, oppression, based on the Latin strictus, drawn tight, see strict. It can work within three semantic domains. The physical, as when it denotes pressure or tension exerted on a material object, as in the force which causes a beam to start to stretch apart under the pressure of loading the psychological domain, which stresses a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances, something that causes mental strain, the stresses and strains of public life, and finally, within language itself. Stress as particular emphasis or importance, as in, he has started to lay greater stress (coughs) on the government's role in public life. Today's texts then are studies of stress. The disciples in the Gospel, fearing that their souls are going to be torn from their bodies as the wind that is stirring up the water threatens to swamp their little boat, the stress of Paul the Apostle with his litany of unending suffering, And the stress of Job, the epitome of suffering born in silence, his patience tested to the breaking point, who curses God and who gets God's display of muscle and of love. Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determines its measurements? Surely you know, and so on. How do you respond to that when that same God who has taken everything from you, your land, your wealth, your family, your reputation, everything, that same God gives you a lesson on limits, on your mortality dressed up as morality. Thus far shall you come and no further, God says. All the texts today point to what it is to be beyond the bounds of one's experience, over one's pain threshold, tested beyond one's limits. Paul writes, We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, literally the Greek, with open mouths. Our heart is wide open, too. The blood is flowing in. The heart is pounding. You are not restricted by us, again, constrained, crushed, the word we use for stenosis. If you've had spinal stenosis, you know what I mean. But you are restricted in your own affections. Bless the ESV, literally, constricted in your guts. In return, I speak as to children, open up. Whether hearts or guts are to be opened is not indicated. So is therefore is whether he speaks in love and compassion or tends to arouse fear in us, maybe both. So with Jesus, as he addresses the disciples, why were you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear. He has stilled the storm and wind and waves have withdrawn to their proper boundaries but their fear is not quieted. Since they saw their lives pass before their eyes, their brain has triggered a cascade of chemicals and hormones that have spiked their heart rate, quickened their breathing and their blood pressure, and sent sugar speeding to their muscles. Fight or flight, it is called, brace for impact. This is not a drill. Stress, and although this moment passes, were the word of wonder spoken that Job could have uttered? Who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him? We know that chronic, unrelieved stress kills as it quickens. The short circuits of the body burning it out and burdening it with blood clots, LDL, and triglycerides. Stress kills. Yet stress for some is a way of life. And the fear that initiates the stress can be habit-forming, to the one who generates it, less so to those to whom it is passed on. Peace be still. That's meant to relieve stress. Jesus says it to the air and the water, but he says that too to our bodies and our souls. But the addiction to adrenaline, to which all are susceptible and some are surrendered, can be a way of life for those of us who live from news cycle to news cycle, and a very short cycle, that is. That's all of us, and our attention span is short and getting shorter. So the jolts of fear-induced adrenaline, which speed us through the fretful paces of our time on life's great stage, are making our lives shorter, surely, as well. We'll have to wait for statistics on that, because we have come from a kinder, gentler era, or so it seems in memory. This is not such a time. Move fast and break things was the motto of one prominent public figure whose meteoric rise was followed just as swiftly by his descent into oblivion. Move fast and break things. As the old world order rotten to the core is deconstructed, What's going in its place? Not quite so sure of that. It's moving fast, yet nothing much seems to be getting done. But much is breaking, or if not, groaning in stress-related testing to destruction. Not our concern we are to follow the laws and give our hearts and our allegiance to Jesus, or to pass through this temporal, temporal order as the college says, with an eye to the order that is yet to come. But we can't do it to get to the order that is yet to come and to bring that order into this order unless we note the places in which the orders differ and are indeed disordering us. So if our hearts are being broken, if that's what some have sought to break, they're better broken than hardened we're to follow the laws yes but we're to give our hearts and our hopes and our allegiance to jesus at least in this place on this day and it would take a heart of stone not to be broken by the sight and sound of the sufferings that some have sought to make silent and invisible we'll thank the fifth estate for making their existence public knowledge Those youngest and weakest sequestered now away from public view. Intercepted as they sought asylum, crossing borders and breaking the law, yes, no doubt. Taken from their mothers and their fathers, were they warned as they made their northward trek? No doubt. And we were warned if they were not, months ago. It's all a matter of record. As their caregivers gather, the nurses and psychologists and counselors, to receive them at their destinations, this much is known. Their suffering and their stress was fully anticipated, factored right into the equation from the beginning. What better deterrent, we are told, than the distress of children, what indeed? What wasn't countenanced was any thought of sending them back if and when their time with us ran out? Or were they, too, to be turned out and left to run back, hundreds of miles to their parents' waiting arms? The administration still seems to be figuring that one out, and our prayers are to be with them. They have a very difficult task, that even their dedication and their competence will require more help from somewhere else. In the meantime, stress for the children still takes its course. It can do real damage if prolonged, and maybe already has. I am sure that that too has been factored in. It's been stressful for other people too. The attempt to impose order with a heavy hand can unleash chaos instead. As to what is yet in store, I have my own intuitions about that. Let's just pray, I'm wrong. This much I know. If we want the world's way of doing things, then if you break the law, the law will break you. Quid pro quo, what you give is what you get. The policy is deterrence and the principle is fear. If we want to do things the kingdom way, and we do, the gospel runs on grace. You give better than you get, not justice, but mercy. The policy is forgiveness. The principle is love, not passion, but compassion. Well, I am through my 1,300 words. They are come and gone, and I ask your mercy, best go silent now. Sometimes the unspeakable is left best unspoken. One last thing, whatever happens, Christ is risen from the dead. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Amen.